the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I've got a special guest with me today, a friend that I've known for quite a while. His name is Chris Goff. He's the Director of Church Engagement from Union Gospel Mission. Chris, welcome back, actually, to Heart of the City. You've been on before. Yeah, thanks a ton, Chuck. It, I have been on before, and it's it's always uh, fun to see you and, and always fun to be a part of your program. Yeah, well, I, I typically have people share their personal story, which you've already done. Yeah. But I wanted to do this special program uh, the week before Thanksgiving and then for, through the holiday season to talk about Union Gospel Mission and, and some of the things that are going on because, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and uh, people are thinking about uh, the things that they've received and thankful for the things that they've received. They're also thinking about the poor. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, especially for UGM, for Union Gospel Mission, this is a, a a critical needs time right now for the ministry as people are thinking about feeding the homeless and helping those that are uh, in need during this time of the year. So I want to talk about that first, about what's going sure. on at UGM, and, and Thanksgiving is, is in a few days. So uh, so what's happening? Yeah, it's... it's uh... You know, it's a, it's it's a it's a fall day today. You know, it's a little cloudy, it's a little rainy, it's a little windy in Seattle, and fall is my favorite time of year. And part of that is Thanksgiving, and then you kind of lead into Christmas, and it's just a, a wonderful season. But yeah, it, it's a difficult time to be on the streets, and it's a difficult time for folks. In fact, I just talked to a, a friend this morning who has a um, an eighteen year old friend who's coming out of prison and has no idea what to do or where to go. And so she she was asking me this morning where. What do I say to this person? Where can they go? Where can they stay? What can they do? Um, and so, yeah, Seattle's Union Gospel Mission has existed for, man, since 1932. I, if we could do the math, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, 87 years, I think, uh, of of kind of responding to that issue of those in greatest need. That's kind of the target audience of the mission, folks in greatest need. We do about 2,350 meals a day. So um, that's just kind of year-round, kind of our average at a, a number of different locations. But, um, yeah, Thanksgiving is one of those times, you know, um, uh, where people gather with their family. And that sometimes that can be really difficult for folks to gather with family because there's difficult, you know, relationships and, and, and tension in family and strange expectations. And all of us kind of deal with some of that stuff during the holidays. Um, but I think I think when we think about the homeless community, you know, we always say homelessness is not a resource problem fundamentally. It's a relationship problem mm-hmm. fundamentally. And so 
if it was a resource problem, maybe we would call it houselessness, right? Like people don't have a house, they don't have a roof over their head, and that certainly is a problem, and physical needs are, are very important. Uh, and so you would think the solution would be just get someone a house, but I think this, the, the holidays kind of remind us that it's not just about those physical needs. Um, it really is people have nowhere to go. They, they, they don't have a sense of permanence, um, a, a place where they go for Thanksgiving. Right. And so, so we, yeah, so we have an opportunity to, um, to build relationships with those folks. And, you know, our marketing would say $2.17 provides a meal, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, if our marketing team had time to talk more, they would say, and that meal is really a gateway into relationship and a, and a, a doorway into learning somebody's story, figuring out what's going on with them. How can we walk with you? Uh, long term, how can we help to create a new sense of community, a new sense of uh, a hope and belonging? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would encourage uh, those that are listening to this program right now. Uh, maybe you're driving in your car on your way to church, or you're at home, and uh, you're thinking about this uh, this coming holiday season. And uh, Chris didn't ask me to do this, but I just encourage you if if you want to invest into a ministry. Uh, that is really touching the lives of people uh, at this time of year. Uh, Union Gospel Mission is a great way to do that. And so you can go online at uh, one of the best uh, URLs uh, in the world, ugm.org. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Great, yeah. it's pretty simple. <laughs> ugm.org. You can see on there there's a, a place where you can donate for $2.17 a meal. And so you know, basically $25 is going to feed 10 people this Thanksgiving and, and Christmas season. So I just encourage you to do that. Then I was also online today, Chris, and I was just noting that people, I don't know why, because maybe it's because it's the holidays, uh, have an increased sensitivity towards the homeless, and especially when they see them out in the mm-hmm. inclement weather and that sort of thing. But there are some volunteer opportunities as well that you can go online and look at. I was looking at that and seeing that, you know, you can help to feed people. You can uh, assist with uh, with uh, search and rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some what they call a high-impact volunteer where you're working right. with people. So there's lots of various opportunities uh, to get engaged with the homeless and those that have the, these needs this time of year, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, you can go to ugm.org, and, and there's actually a lot of great stories on there, you know, stories of folks who've—one guy who's kind of, I think, kind of featured right now is John Capshaw, who uh, who I've worked with now for several years at the mission, and, and I didn't even realize that he used to live in the jungle, and, mm. and now here he is serving at the mission, and that's kind of the context I knew him in. And so— um, uh, but but yeah, there's there's tons of ways to volunteer and get involved online. Um, uh, bringing a meal, we call it our BAM program. Bring a meal, and that's a great thing. Families or church groups can do. Come down to our Hope Place, our Women and Family Shelter. Bring a meal for for the women and children who are in our program there. Uh, you can go out and search and rescue, and uh, bring blankets and hot chocolate and 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 prayers to to those who are kind of sleeping out. Uh, on the streets, and there's there's just a ton of ways. Yeah, um, yeah. And so our volunteer program does a really good job too of kind of being creative with folks. Yeah. Years ago, we had a a pilot who wanted to volunteer, and he ended up uh, taking a couple of our youth uh, uh, up into a plane and flying around. So I mean, who knows, right? Those right. High impact. You know, what are the things that you love to do? Um, again, this is really about loving your neighbor, right? All right. And so another thing you could do is. 
do you have a neighbor that you could invite to your home for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is there somebody who maybe is isolated that you're aware of? Maybe the Lord will put someone on your heart and. In that sense, you're, you're participating with the mission, right? <laughs> Not Union Gospel Mission maybe directly, but the mission of loving our neighbor. And, um, man, it, you know, God, God is very clear that he draws near to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And he's very clear that he cares a lot about those who are isolated. So the widow, the orphan, uh, the alien— um, these are people that God cares about deeply because God is a God is a community, the Trinity, right? Like we get start talking theologically, but God is a community, and and God told Abraham to go be a blessing to the families of the nations, implying that community element, the families of nations, both of which are are communities, and um, so keeping an eye out this holiday for folks who are isolated is really important. And obviously one way would be to join in that work with the mission. But another way may be your neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. somebody down the street, maybe even somebody at church who, yeah. who, hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Just ask, you know? Yeah. Maybe they're doing something, but maybe not. That's right. And maybe they could, maybe you could find an extra spot at your table. Yeah. Well, this is the point in the program, Chris, where I get to embarrass you. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you no know, one can you, see me blush. On the radio, <laughs> I know, so I know. I have no but, idea where you're going. But, but yeah. I know you don't, and that's why I get to say this. So you and I have known each other for several years, and yeah. and, um, and and your your job title, um, if if you want to say that, is director of church engagement, and I, and yeah. I have to say, you know, that's some of what I do in my position here. Yeah, but. I would I would have to say that as far as the circle of people that I know, you are probably the one person that has the most influence and understanding of what's happening in the church community that I'm aware of. And hmm. yeah. in, in in this area, you you have been able to network and connect yourself in so many ways and with hmm. so many ministries that I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. I want to say you've done you've done yeah. just a great job of being able to connect with a lot of different um, faith organizations to mm-hmm. understand and to help network those people together. and And I say that um, you know, and say thank you for doing that because yeah. you have a lot of insight into what is happening in the local churches and local organizations. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. I mean, I I think. Um you know, it's my job. It's what I get paid to do. But but it really is an amazing thing to see see how deeply God is working pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a it's really a privilege to to be in this position. And you're you're kind of like you said, you're in this work too. And you get to host folks on your radio program. And I know you you know all kinds of people as well. But isn't it just amazing that there seems to be no shortage of of stories? There's no shortage of uh, amazing things that are going on. Um, and I mean, we could, we could, we could probably pick a city and, and take an hour and just talk about what's going on there. Like here's what's going on in Renton. Here's what's going on in West Seattle or, and, uh, that's, that's a pretty cool thing to to be able to realize. Well, part of what you do is called light up the city. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah. So, so with light up the city, you know, um, union gospel missions, our, our, our mission statement is to, um, serve, rescue and transform those in greatest need through the grace of Jesus Christ. So we're kind of after those in greatest need. How do we serve, rescue, and transform those folks? And what we realized is um, there was a time, there was an era where poverty was pretty localized in a few pockets of the city, uh, and particularly homelessness as well. 
But as, you know, as economics have changed, as transportation has changed, as communication has changed, all kinds of factors in this. But there's there's just pockets of poverty everywhere. And so Federal Way is dealing with homelessness issues. Maple Valley is dealing with homelessness issues. Enumclaw is dealing with homelessness issues. And uh, one of the things that we thought is um, as a kind of a vision and a strategy for church engagement is what would it look like to just help the local church love the people in their own town, their own city, their own community? Um, because God has already put them there, right? Like God has already put these congregations in Burien. And so they've come together and they've launched something called Transform Burien. And they're doing uh, they're doing meals and they're, wa- they're walking with people in need in Burien. And so it was kind of like the initial idea was how can we help the local church uh, love their neighbor, you know? Um, which which has a geographic uh, element to it, right? Your neighbor is somebody who's near to you. <laughs> um, and so uh, the idea being, how do we help North Seattle churches love North Seattle? And, and we believe that those who are following Jesus will lean towards those in need and those who are brokenhearted, because that's just the nature of God's heart, I think. Um, Jesus says it didn't come for the healthy, but but for the sick. And so, so what's happened over the the last uh, several years is in 2014. Actually, we spent a year kind of developing some things with some key leaders. And in 2014, we launched the Light Up the City Network, which essentially is a network of localized church networks. So, um, so there's a group of pastors in Edmonds who get together regularly to pray together. They they do a national day of prayer breakfast together. They do some initiatives with schools. They, uh, they, they're engaging. I don't know. They're engaging all kinds of things in their city. Uh, they're working with the, the the city. They're working with the school district, and it's this idea of um, we would say a healthy local church network kind of has a few elements to it. Uh, one is that there's a sense that the church in a given place are praying together for God's mission. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. That they're listening to God, um, that they're saying, "Okay, Lord, here we are in you know Tukwila. <laughs> what what would you have for us today? You know, your will be done." And right. So, a sense of doing that together is is probably the starting place for for each of these networks. Uh, and if it's not, we kind of really say, "Hey, you got to make sure you claim this one." Um, and there's so many stories that come out of that. Maybe we have time for one. Yeah, in a tell mi- me, tell t- me one m- uh, in a minute. But mm-hmm. but I'll just say these four quickly. So, <clears throat> engaging, uh, seeking God's mission through prayer is one thing that we think makes a healthy local network. Another thing that we think makes a healthy no- local network is that people are making disciples. That there's a sense of people are developing. That there's new leaders. That there's new initiatives. That there's new. You know, there's a sense of growth. Uh, there's a sense of, um, like I said, making disciples. And so um, it, that that becomes a, 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 a critical kind of fruit of the first thing, right? Like we're praying to go out, and then Jesus says, we'll pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. Uh, and so we believe that in that process of prayer, God is raising people up and new things are launching. And um, so uh, so a quick, a brief story is... is um, uh, the Tuck, uh, Pray Tuckwilla is one of these networks. So there's about 23 of the networks now in kind of King County, uh, plus a little bit. Like Edmonds is a little bit out. Mm-hmm. You know, Puyallup is a little bit out of there, Linwood. But uh, about 23 of these networks, which is pretty amazing. But <clears throat> one of them in Tuckwilla, uh, they had had some conversations. Thorndike Elementary had 21% of their students were homeless, uh, which is insane. I mean, you think of one in five kids at the school are experiencing homelessness. Um 
so the the Praetuk Willow group got together and they <clears throat> had some meetings with the superintendent of of schools and and uh, one of the board members is an integral part of Praetuk Willow and and what came out of that essentially is um, uh, was a was a response that what was really needed was kind of a weekend backpack you know ministry or, or or that kids weren't really eating over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so so a group started with a handful of congregations where they started kind of pulling um uh doing some some donations for food, filling up backpacks, handing them out to kids and all of a sudden kind of their curiosity of of kind of hey, what's really going on here in our city and in our schools led to some actionable, you know, some actionable uh work. And so uh, that kind of stuff is happening all over the place. Yeah, that kind of stuff is happening all over the place, and it's it's really fun to observe. So so seeking God's mission through prayer. The second one being kind of making disciples and developing uh, developing people, which is Ephesians four, right? Like mm-hmm. the the job of church leaders is not to do ministry, but to equip people for ministry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get that backwards, and we think we hired somebody, so now some ministry will get done. But no, you hired someone so that they can help you do the ministry. Um, so the third one we would say is if we're developing people, if we're praying, then it should really result in some action. And so um, uh, so advancing action in the city, what does it look like to uh, convene people around prayer, to, to build them up, and then to go? And so that's the third one. Are, are things actually kind of going on in the city? And then the fourth one uh, that we think makes a healthy network is really just the display of the unity of the body of Christ. And so... Um, uh, you know, in North Seattle, a bunch of churches, uh, congregations, smaller congregations got together and did a shared worship service. They end up having, you know, 700 people there, you know, wow. from all these different congregations. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a display that, you know what, we're, we're, we have different organizational structures, maybe different denominations, uh, but there's there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one hope. Um, and that, that flag we can kind of lift is Jesus is Lord. You yeah. Know? And so that that unity of of the body is really an act of worship, I think, because that's that is what brings unity to the church is is the shared worship of God. Yeah. And so, uh, so those are kind of the four elements of a healthy network, and all of our networks are in different stages with those things. And but that's sort of what we're we're pursuing at a localized level. You know, I think there is a, you have a an opportunity to see things from a, I think a higher perspective than than. An, an average churchgoer. Sure. Uh, there are many people, you know, they're going to work, they're, you yeah. know, they've got their kids' soccer game on Saturdays, then they go to church, and, you know, they've got maybe a small group setting or that sort of thing that they go to. But they don't get to have the perspective of what is really happening throughout yeah. the entire metro area as far as the work of the Lord, that, that there is some really good things going on. And people are there is an engagement that is truly happening, isn't there? Yeah, it it, it there definitely is. And, and one thing I love to say is, you know, I grew up in one congregation that was non denominational, right? And I and I loved growing up at Highlands Community Church. It was a fantastic place to to grow up, but it was non denominational, and I wasn't really aware of other congregations as much, right? And um, and then I kind of went to a church, uh, Bethany Community Church, when I went to college and ended up working there for ten years and. When I started working at the mission and and started just meeting all of these different people, and one thing I can say for sure is I've never met a pastor or a ministry leader who didn't have a testimony to share mm-hmm. about the amazing things God is doing. Right. You know, 
And after a while, you just go, okay, I need to this – is, this is really quite an amazing thing, right? Yes. Like everywhere God is doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, in every congregation, in every ministry, and in, in, in every small group. In every, you know, I mean, after a while, you just kind of go, okay, God is living. He's active. He's alive and, and engaged. Um, and, and it's – yeah, it's been a, it's been a very – it's built my faith a ton yes. to see and observe this. Well, and I've had some of those opportunities uh, as part of our radio uh, ministry. You know, we've gone to lots of different congregations like on a Sunday – and many different ethnic congregations. So it might be, um, you know, uh, the Hmong p- uh, people. It could be Vietnamese. It could be, yeah. <clears throat> it could be other language groups or an Ethiopian congregation. And what I sometimes envision on a Sunday morning, I would love to be at, you know, 50 miles up in the air from a God's eye view and to be able to hear all of the praise, all of the worship and all of the things that are going on from from the Puget Sound area in the various language groups. I think people would be absolutely stunned at the work of the Lord and the worship that's going on in these various language groups just from this geographic area. I, oh, I mean, yeah. it, 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 if you had that ability, and only God has that ability to right. hear that, hear that worship, and hear that praise is coming up yeah. on a on a Sunday mm-hmm. uh, from all of these various ethnic groups in this area, it it's amazing, it's astounding, and oftentimes people that are a block away don't realize that there's an Ethiopian congregation, you know, just a block away. They don't know it. They don't That's know right. all the good things that are going on in those in those communities. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's almost an impossible task to try to I mean you can't track it all, you know. Right. <laughs> that's the job of the Holy Spirit, I guess, right. to guide us and maybe that's why we say the first thing to do is just to kind of pray and listen to God's leading, but but it sure is amazing when you can track some of those things, right. you know, and and share some of those stories and we're trying to always get better at that, but it it is a it is a powerful it is a powerful thing to to consider. And when we think about, you know, here's these 23 networks just in this little area, but then here's some things happening in Thurston County, and here's some things happening in Whatcom County, and then here's some things happening in, in Portland and in New York City. And, and so I've been able to zoom out even a little bit more and kind of see <clears throat> some of these other stories, you know. I mean, there, there are almost 4,000 churches that gathered in New York City, prayer walked the entire city of New York. And I mean, the, the stories are just insane, you know, like, um, and I pulled up a, a, a text that I, I got um, a few months back from my friend Jason in Bellingham. But I said, Jason, I was I was sharing at something. I said, Jason, give me an update on Bellingham so I can share it with some of our pastors down here. And this is what he said. And, and you can see the power of tracking some things. But he said, okay, Chris, 80 out of 100 Bellingham pastors meet consistently together for prayer. So you think about just that statistical. Right. 80% of the, 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 the pastors in Bellingham are meeting regularly for prayer. Uh, 10,000 first-time salvations, all baptized in water in the last 10 years. So mm-hmm. this is in Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 80 church plants in our county in the last decade. There's a revival in the Hispanic community, 1,200 first-time salvations out of a community of 15,000. 11 new Hispanic church plants in the last uh, six years. Uh, abortion numbers have dropped every year since 2007. A safe house for women coming out of trafficking and prostitution. Uh, 40 have gone through the program. 90% of them are now in healthy living situations. Christian foster care homes have doubled in the last three years, all for the glory of the Lamb. 
And I mean, this is just a quick text he shoots out, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but you just realize that I don't think we fully grasp the the momentum of what God is doing mm-hmm. in our city and, and in our region and in our own hearts even often. Um, uh, Harvard just did a study uh, and, and mentioned that um, uh, they were doing a study on the decline of the church in America. And what they discovered is that there is a decline in the church, but there isn't a decline in, in the church in terms of people who are actively sort of participating in church. In other words, their conclusion essentially was the church technically is declining, but it's actually getting stronger reorganizing <laughs> and getting more serious about itself. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a fascinating study. You ought to look it up. Wow. Well, we, we've got to wrap up here, Chris, but I want to thank you for joining me today. I didn't really intend on having a, a Thanksgiving message, but our message today is on this Thanksgiving Sunday before Thanksgiving is that God is doing some amazing things. Yeah. We need to be grateful and thankful for his work in our community. Thanks for joining me today on Heart of the City. Thank you so much, Chuck. God bless. You've been listening to this 820 AM, The Word, special Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, call Chuck Olmstead. 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.